Thank you for tuning into the Monarch Touch podcast. This is the place where we touch hearts and transform lives. My name is Kendra and I will be your host. Today I want to share a great lesson that I had to walk through in order to learn. By using my own self-reflection, my hope for you is that you too can look back on some of your experiences this past year and see the ways in how you have grown. It actually begins with a story of my two dogs, the end of one and the beginning of the other. In March last year, we had to put our sweet 10-year-old failing down. Not only was it an emotionally difficult choice on its own, it happened at the beginning of the coronavirus lockdown. The whole world was shutting down and there was just such a mass confusion with all of us collectively. Losing Feline was definitely a grief that I have never experienced before. I have been saying for years that Feline is going to be my last dog because I am soon becoming an empty nester and I have these plans to build my business and I also want to go traveling to visit my distant family and friends. But when it actually happened, I never expected to be stuck at home. And once she was really gone, and I had no goals to work on, it made the loss feel even greater. Dogs naturally love routines and they become so predictable with how they respond to our every move. For an example, I knew that when I opened the back door to sit outside, which I did consecutively every morning, Faylene would get up no matter how comfortable she was and she would follow me. And so I would just pause and hold the door open for her Because I was stuck in the house, every little thing made me miss my friend. I kept expecting her to be in her usual spots. It felt like a blow in my gut every time I had to remember she was gone. So my broken heart did the thing that I thought I would never do. First, I found myself looking on Pinterest. Then I started looking into local shelters and rescues. And I should have known that the deal breaker would be when I asked my friend who lives out in the country if she knew anyone with puppies. I had this image in my mind of getting a puppy from a farm, but I was only half expecting her to say yes when she showed me her friend from Facebook and her actual farm puppies. I almost couldn't contain my excitement. This one little adorable puppy looked just like the puppy on my favorite childhood storybook, The Pokey Little Puppy. She was white with that spot on one eye. I totally fell in love. It was so perfect that I really believed this was my gift from God. When the time was ready for us to pick her up, it was just so sweet because there was my puppy really from a farm. She had a horse and all. She truly was a cute little tiny thing. I mean, just a tiny, tiny little thing. We named her Sadie, which is Hebrew for the nickname Sarah. It means princess. But no one in my house was prepared for was how that tiny little ball of cuteness was going to turn into the Tasmanian devil. Now, I'm an 80s child, and I grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons. If you have ever watched the Looney Tunes show, they have a character called the Tasmanian Devil. He was the guy you hated and loved because he just couldn't contain his excitement of any kind. Happy or angry, it was all the same, just a crazy wild animal. And he would spin around in that circle and just destroy everything. Well, that was what we brought home. I ended up getting every book that Caesar Milan has ever written, watched his YouTube videos, 
I even listen to other dog trainers and watch their methods to compare their techniques. I, I tried them all. I tried to teach her to walk on a leash, but she would attack the leash and try to tug it out of my hands, or she would lay down and refuse to go. And the neighbors loved watching this and thought this was the best entertainment ever. I begged, pleaded, and I even tried to force her to move. It would literally take me one hour just to go from my house down to the stop sign. Then we would turn around and she would haul butt and run back to the house in a minute. I attempted to walk her for a whole month. When Sadie had her third set of shots, I was finally able to bring her to the dog park. And for four months, I faithfully brought her every day. She absolutely loved playing with the other dogs. But sometimes she got out of control and a little too feisty. And it's funny how the older, well-balanced dogs will tell the puppy to knock it off and the puppy actually respects them in seconds. And that is what I realized I was missing. I was dedicating my whole life to her, but I wasn't getting this crazy puppy of mine to respect me. Caesar teaches that dogs need trust, respect, and affection, and in that order. Sadie could count on me to feed her and take her to the park, but that was it. The truth was I didn't trust her and she didn't respect me. By the time Sadie was seven months old, she was growing bigger and this lack of respect was becoming more of a problem. I knew she needed more structure. And so instead of taking her to the park to play, I started trying again, taking her for a walk. It makes me think of a five-year-old child having to go to school and needing to learn how to sit down at a desk and do written work. My most difficult challenge with Sadie was if she did not want to go, she would bite on the leash and try to yank it out of my hand. This eventually became a dominance game to her. There we were on every walk fighting over who had control over the leash. I felt frustrated, angry, and even afraid at times because the more I fought her, the more excited she became, which sent her brain into this crazy prey drive and I had become the prey. I knew that the only way for me to break her out of this habit was to earn her respect. But I didn't know how to do that. Coming home from our attempted walks, I had broken down so many times, crying in my husband's arms that she was such a bad, crazy dog and I wasn't fit to take care of her. I thought of giving up so many times and finding someone on a farm that wanted a hunted dog. I really thought that they could do a much better job than me. But in my heart, I kept feeling God telling me that it was me he was working on, me that had to learn to become a leader, me that had to learn how to win respect, first with Sadie, then with people. It wasn't Sadie that needed to change, it was me. Sadie couldn't respect me because I was trying to lead her, but I was doing it in fear. In fear doesn't earn respect. Funny how we all want respect and actually demand it from others, but honestly, how much thought and energy do we put into our character each day to be a respectful human being? I never loved studying history growing up. I was more interested in people's behaviors during difficult times more than the facts themselves. I can remember learning about certain events and wondering 
how people could hurt other people the way that they did. During World War One and Two, German citizens that had freedom would turn other innocent people into the law or refuse to help people that they saw starving and who were running for their lives trying not to get captured. They did these things not because they were evil people, but because they feared that by helping others, they and their families would be punished. And in my young mind, I remember wondering what I would do if I was in their shoes. Fear does funny things to people. In the face of fear, we can easily forget and compromise our integrity. If we value safety and security over people, in college, I studied African anthropology and learned that when these countries were being invaded by white men with powerful guns, people had the choice of being beaten and captured, or they could protect their families and help the invaders find other groups that they did not have a personal connection with. It's easy to judge other people's character and morals when our own emotions are not personally attached. But what about now? While we are living in and experiencing a time in history where there is a lot to fear, how are we treating others? This intense past year of 2020 and now going into the suspense of 2021 has given us the opportunity to become aware of our own character in the face of fear. What we have all experienced was a full year of many kinds of fears. Fears of an unknown virus and the whole world shutting down. Fear of political abuse of power. Fear of oppression and racial injustice. Fear of losing our protection from the police force. Fear of the police. Fear of natural disasters of fires, hurricanes, and floods. Destroying homes and relocating people during a time of isolation. Fear of losing jobs and businesses and not knowing where to turn. And that is only what was most talked about. There are many fears and uncertainties going on right now. And one thing that we are all witnessing at this time is how people are reacting while they are afraid. How quickly did we turn on one another? How many friendships did we lose? How many people did we hurt with our words while being in this fearful mindset? We know all too well the truth that fear will bring out the worst in us every time. Being kind, thoughtful, and respectful does not happen when people live in fear. People complained and fought with others if someone was not wearing a mask. Some people called the police on neighbors if they had too many people gathering together. Some store owners experienced being arrested for trying to work and earn money. There were riots and lawlessness of all kinds where some people felt entitled and some felt victimized. Where fear thrives, relationships die. When there is fear, there is no respect, not for others and especially not for oneself. Over and over, the Bible reminds us to fear not. But how do we do that when so much is at stake? The only cure of fear is faith. Faith gives us a confidence that there is something that is more important than ourselves. There are countless stories of people who were hiding from the Nazis and they were kind families who made the choice to hide them even at the expense of what it could cost them if they were found out. Fear does not sacrifice itself. Only love can do that. People 
need to have a higher purpose, something to believe in that is far bigger to go that extra mile. It is when I saw people tap into their faith of a higher purpose, were they able to take their eyes off of what felt broken and scary to doing what was right and felt good. The way we learn to live with respect and integrity in ourselves is through our faith in a holy, righteous God. We earn respect from others, not by being forceful and insecure, but by having confidence and letting people know we have the courage to see them and care about them too. The way that I have earned Sadie's respect has not been by me forcing her to respect me. In fact, I tried, so I know that that doesn't work. You may have tried to force people to respect your opinions or force them to do what you thought they ought to do. And when you couldn't force others, you became frustrated or angry, which, unche which unchecked leads to bitterness and resentment. I know because I did it. We do not earn respect by being forceful, but by learning to have confidence and respect in ourselves. I had to take a deep look within myself and ask the hard question, am I confident in myself as her leader? If I was Sadie's, if I was in Sadie's position, would I trust and respect me? What actions am I taking to show her that she can let her guard down and follow me? If we want people to be kind, we will need to be kind people. If we want people to let down their guards around us, we will need to create a safe space for them. Sometimes that means letting people talk about their feelings even if we don't agree with the way that they view the situation. Being a respectful person means allowing people to have their own opinions and thoughts. And we can do that without compromising our own beliefs. Being a respectful person means caring about others while holding firm to our own goals. Being a trustworthy person that earns respect from others is having confidence in oneself to figure things out with a clear vision of a better future and encouraging others to see hope in their future as well. The struggle with Sadie in this past year has taught me to have confidence and strength in a higher purpose, and it has taught me the value of true respect. I think I was right that Sadie is my gift from God. She just came wrapped in a much different package, package than I had expected. But sometimes the best gifts are the ones unplanned. We can grow from this difficult past year. We can learn from our mistakes and improve from how we handled our emotions. Love does not come out of fear. If you have been fighting against people, it may be time to put down your weapons. We can never earn respect by demanding it from others. In order to earn respect, we must look within and start by respecting ourselves. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are in the Central Florida location and looking for a massage, you can visit my website at monarchtouch.com. Thank you for tuning in today, and if you like the show, please share it with a friend. Wherever you may be listening, please subscribe and give it a five star so that other people may be able to find the show and also receive support in their wellness. And if you are listening on Apple iTunes, would you leave a review that may encourage other listeners to tune in? If you have thoughts you would like to share, you can go to the Instagram or Facebook page Monarch Touch and leave your comments there. I appreciate you and until next time, go out and make it a healthy day.